This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Boketov, good morning, Shavuotov. How are you? Boketov, Shavuotov. Hope everybody's hanging in. Um, before we talk about the current status of where we are with the uh, current operation, I'd like to just talk a little bit more personally about two of the individuals who have lost their lives over the last month. Um, the first is a lady called Ruti Peretz. Ruti was a 17-year-old who was at the music festival um, mm-hmm. on October the 7th when the uh, terrorists attacked that festival. And Ruti had been taken to the festival by her father, Eric. Ruti suffered from muscular dystrophy and cerebral palsy, and she was confined to wheelchair, which she used for her mobility. And uh, her father took her to the festival because um, apparently the music, these music festivals brought immeasurable happiness to Ruti. She had difficulty eating normally. She relied on stomach feeding. Uh, she was very disabled and communicated using only very, very basic words that were only understood by her family. But one of the things that her family understood was that these music festivals really made her feel good and her father, Eric, had taken her to these parties for many, many years, and they were at the Reim Festival on October the 7th when the festival was attacked. Her father, Eric's body, was only discovered more than a week later on October the 19th, finally found his body Mm -hmm. um, by police and medical personnel. And Ruti, in the meantime, had been put down as having been kidnapped into Gaza. That was until yesterday when finally her body was also discovered and identified. And so Ruti is now a further victim, one less uh, one less kidnapped victim in Gaza, and unfortunately one more to add to the list of casualties. Mm-hmm. So just to give an idea of the sort of people and a who personal were attacked pain. at that festival. You know, we, we, and unfortunately when you have these types of numbers, you don't see the personal pain and the personal right. stories of each right. each person as we know in our learnings is a world and you really do see that here exactly I'd like to also talk about Lieutenant Colonel Salman Habaka who was killed on Wednesday night in Gaza during a battle with terrorists uh, Lieutenant Colonel Habaka uh, was a Druze commander of an armoured brigade in the IDF who fell in battle in North Gaza, and thousands of people attended his funeral um, in his Druze village in the north. And he was eulogized not only by Brigadier General uh, of the IDF, but he was also eulogized by Minister Gidon Saar representing the government. And what the Minister Gidon Saar said about um, this brave Druze soldier, Salman Khabaka, 
he said the following. He said, how our heroes have fallen. I came to pay my respects to one of the great heroes of the Israel Defense Forces of the State of Israel, a brave military commander who thinks differently and outside the box. Many Israeli citizens owe their lives to Salman Chabaka. Even in the battle in which he fell, Salman showed bravery. He fell in a complex battle against dozens of terrorists in the middle in the battle in which he fell. He again showed personal bravery. Our enemy has joined forces against us, but Israel will emerge from this campaign with the upper hand, thanks to our soldiers and our commanders, thanks to our unity. The IDF has many achievements, but unfortunately, we are also paying a heavy price in loss of life. Lieutenant Colonel Salman Chabaka, I salute you. Amazing. Absolutely amazing, and as I say, these these are the stories. I, I, it, it's there. There was this international memorial last night, and you just saw the countries from around the world coming together. But I, I don't know if it really, um, if it really does uh, capture the the mm. magnitude of the pain. It's, it's, it's very, very difficult and there's so many attempts to try to, to capture the, the enormity of what we're suffering through right now, particularly with those who've been captured into Gaza, but not only. Um, a number of attempts to set a Shabbat table with 244 places to show who's missing from the tables around Israel. And in the square outside the Habimathiyot in Tel Aviv, um, there is a display of beds 244 beds have been set mm. up in the square outside mm. Habima Theatre. Some of them are babies' cots. Mm. Some of them are adults' beds. Some of them are children's beds. All different types of beds, one for each of those hostages in, in Gaza. Um, it's been labeled for those who visited this as a must-see to, to just try to capture the enormity of the task at hand and the situation in which we find ourselves. When you see those beds set out, some of them a little larger, some of them a little smaller, some of them cots, um, you start to understand exactly what is happening here. Each one, of course, with a name attached to it. And, uh, and one of the things that I said previously, and I continue to encourage people, is even if there's nothing else that you feel you can do under these circumstances, just learn the names of some of those hostages. Read up a little bit about them. Let's get to know them a little bit better. Their posters are plastered all over towns and cities in Israel. And one by one, we're getting to learn who they are, to understand the families that are suffering right now with their loss, um, waiting to hear news of what might be, what their fate might be. Very, very frightening. Um, Anthony, what is the current status of the battle in Gaza? What do we know? Um, so the battles continue in Gaza, and I'd like to just try to give listeners an idea of what the IDF has been up to in Gaza. First of all, um, the attacks against terrorist infrastructure in Gaza continue unabated. Video footage coming from Gaza showing massive airstrikes, ma- uh, military operations on the ground, tanks and armored vehicles moving around Gaza, pictures showing um, um, IDF infantry uh, moving around in order to try to somehow get their hands on all of this terrorist infrastructure in order to try to destroy it as much as possible. The tactics that the IDF has used is that they've drawn a line, they've created a safe passage line from the Israeli border to the coast in Gaza all the way across 
it's about two-thirds of the way to the north of Gaza. So this is a line that effectively separates one-third in the north of Gaza from approximately two-thirds in the south. And this has been secured. In other words, this is a line which has now been secured not only by tanks on both sides, both on the north and on the south side, but also now the engineering corps are establishing a more permanent a fortification line both to the north and the south which allows IDF personnel to move in and out of Gaza relatively safely within this fortified line and then the attacks are moving both north and south in order to first of all destroy infrastructure that belongs to terrorism and of course also to look for our um, kidnapped uh, hostages who still remain in Gaza. Last night we had word that Gaza City, which is to the southern end of Gaza, mm. had been surrounded by IDF troops. We don't know exactly what that means, but there was some video footage showing explosions that were taking place that were being initiated by the IDF in Gaza City. And so one understands that the IDF seemed to be moving in on Gaza City because there we will also find a lot of terrorist infrastructure, particularly tunnels running underground. Let's just remind listeners as well that hospitals, which have been a very big subject in the media about whether the uh, generators are working in the hospitals and whether the generators are not working and to what extent uh, the lives in those hospitals might be at risk. Let's also just remind people that there have been a word that word went out from the IDF in some cases to evacuate some of the hospitals and the reason is because the hospitals are a particular source of terrorist activity underground. They know that a hospital is a sensitive area and they've taken advantage of that. The Hamas leadership uh, the terrorist infrastructure has been concentrated underneath hospitals, knowing full well that the IDF would be very reluctant to attack that location. There's now been some attempt to evacuate those hospitals so that that infrastructure can be attacked underneath the hospitals. Um, we don't know exactly to what extent that's been successful, but um, there was also word that came out last night that, again, Internet and telephone networks were down in Gaza. I don't know whether they returned to operation yet, but that kind of summarizes some of the work that's been ongoing by uh, the IDF, by our uh, brave soldiers, uh, girls and boys who've gone into Gaza in order to try to secure a route to somehow destroy as much terrorism that we can destroy and, of course, to secure the release of the hostages. So that's the best summary that I can give right now. There's also been quite a lot of work along the coastal road in Gaza to try to secure that. Of course, many people um, being uh, evacuated from their homes, moving south towards the Rafah crossing in order to try and allow the troops to safely, when I say safely, I mean without civilian casualties, to safely get to their terrorist infrastructure. That's the summary that we have from Gaza. We do know as well that the Chief of General Staff, Hertzi uh, Halevi, uh, 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 I'm sorry, the Chief of General Staff, Hertzi Halevi, has been in Gaza and he's visited locations in Gaza, visited troops in Gaza. Some amazing footage, video footage that came out after Shabbat showing troops in their armored carriers, in their armored personal carriers, all squashed in together, one with a little bottle of grape juice, making a bracha for Kiddush, for Shabbat, within the work that they're doing, within that armored personal carrier, still remembering Shabbat as much as they can. Um, and incredible spirit.
incredible spirit being shown by our troops in Gaza right now. So, um, so, so just some amazing work that's going on there right now. What is happening, what is happening in the north? Uh, because obviously there's a lot, you know, there's, there's all these different areas of focus, but Lebanon and Hezbollah certainly seems to be a, an area of major concern. It is a major concern, and we also had the speech by Hassan Nasrallah um, that was made um, towards the end of last week, much trumpeted, very much awaited on Thursday. In the end, he didn't say a great deal, um, and in fact, he was quite castigated in the Muslim and the Arab press as almost being um, a, a friend of the IDF. Some There were some memes that were sent out showing Nasrallah wearing an IDF uniform coming out of that speech because people felt that he really wasn't being strong enough. Um, but there is there continues to be, unfortunately, activity on the northern border. We even had a casualty, an Israeli civilian casualty yesterday on that northern border as a result of an uh, anti-tank missile that was sent over from Lebanon and hit a car in which a civilian was traveling. So the northern border continues to be extremely tense. Missiles also coming from the northern border yesterday. And those residents who are still there in their bomb shelters, as indeed um, the residents of Tel Aviv and the central part of Israel were yesterday, as a huge barrage of rockets were sent from Gaza at around 8 o'clock yesterday evening. Um, but certainly the northern border continues to be very, very tense indeed. And there is a lot of discussion about what the tactics should be on the northern border. There, There is a view that says we should allow the northern border to blow up. This is a great opportunity for the IDF really to take a pot at Hezbollah to take a good uh, 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 to have the good opportunity to attack the uh, military hardware that exists on the northern border, the uh, stockpile of weapons that exists within uh, this, the southern part of Lebanon. So um, the northern border continues to be a battle zone, an absolute battle zone. There can be little doubt mm. that there is a, um, a war zone also on the northern border. Everybody, anybody who kids you otherwise is really not... Um, understanding exactly what's happening there. It is very much a war zone right now, um, and it's likely to continue to be like that, um, even though there is another speech that's expected by Nasrallah coming up within the next week or so. Um, but we understand that that is a war zone right now, and the question is what the IDF is going to do um, in the coming days in the north, um, and that's, I think, also going to be part of the battle plan. Indeed. Finally, we don't have a lot of time, but what are the latest diplomatic efforts? So the latest moves, first of all, is that a nuclear submarine has passed through the Suez Canal and is headed towards Israeli waters. That was announced yesterday by um, the United States administration. Um, Antony Blinken, the U.S. Secretary of State, is still in the area he has met with Israeli um, government officials. He's also been in Jordan. He's met yesterday with the um, officials from the Palestinian Authority, with Mahmoud Abbas in particular, the president of the Palestinian Authority. Um, we understand that he's been talking about trying to create a pause for humanitarian purposes. Quite interestingly, the prime minister told Antony Blinken that there will be no pause in the operation without the release of the hostages in Gaza.
That is the position that's been adopted right. by the Israeli government right now. No pause in action until the hostages but are all home. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of things. Is, is, I mean, I know we're out of time, but how have, these, how have the hostages not been found, given, I mean, they can find these terrorists everywhere, number one, and number two, how are these rockets continuing? One would have thought so, that, that by now uh, they would have identified where all of these rocket launches are. So those are really two questions which are being asked not only by you but by many people. We don't have proper answers to all of those questions. We don't know whether they know where the hostages physically are right now um, and whether there is potentially some work going on to try to, to secure their release. There have been barrages, barrages of rockets even though the IDF has really gone right into Gaza. It shows to what extent the terrorist infrastructure has been buried underground and some of the infrastructure is kind of one-time use. They uh, fire rockets and then they don't use that again, maybe because the IDF um, could destroy it or maybe just because it's been designed only for one-time use. The infrastructure, the terrorist infrastructure in Gaza is just astronomical. I don't think we can even begin to understand the extent to which this um, infrastructure has been bedded down in Gaza. More tomorrow, and there yep, will be yep. more tomorrow. Yep. Um, and in the meantime, let's just keep um, positive hope and, of course, supporting our IDF soldiers and supporting whatever we can to secure the release of hostages. Indeed. Antoon Rach, thank you. As always, it is 8 o'clock. We'll catch Anthony tomorrow morning at 7.45. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all.